Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. What's up, everybody? How are we feeling? Everyone good? Metal couple first timers. Welcome. This is not a cult. (laughs) Some of us have been in cults. I met someone today who said, I am a recovering Catholic. I said, wow, that's awesome. There's a lot of us in recovery too here. More ways than one. We have recovering know-it-alls. We have recovering Catholics. We got recovering church people. We got a lot of people in recovery. I'm a recovering people pleaser. I know, but I'm getting so much better at not caring. It's amazing, (laughs) you know? I'm so happy that you're here. I want to talk to you today about living in the overflow. Look at this passage of scripture from the New Testament that puts it so wonderfully. It says, God is able to make all grace or divine favor overflow towards you. So that by always having enough of everything, you may abound in every good work. One of the most fundamental spiritual principles is that everything you need to flourish in life, you already have and possess. Now, what does it mean to flourish in life? People have different ideas of what it means to flourish as a human being. My definition of human flourishing is physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. Everything that you need to experience total well-being on all of those levels has already been granted to you. There is no lack of divine resources at your disposal. You may not know that those divine resources are there, but they are. You may not feel like those divine resources are available to you, but that doesn't change the reality of the fact that God has has made his grace to overflow towards you so that you can always abound and always have enough. In fact, the word abundance implies more than enough. And the theological underpinning for this is very simple. God is the infinite source of all that is good in the universe. And that infinite source lives within you. Which means that there is an endless supply of inner resources for you to tap into when you need them. If you need strength, if you need courage, if you need faith, you got it. All you got to do is look within yourself. The way to ascend to God is to descend into yourself. At the core of your being, Jesus said, resides the kingdom of heaven. And everything that comes with that, 
All of the peace, all of the joy, all of the love, all of the harmony, all of the compassion, all of the empathy, all of these qualities that can enhance your quality of life, you already have. That is actually your true nature. So the more you tap into this overflow and abundance, the more independent you become. Psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, you become more independent, meaning you stop looking outside of yourself for all of this stuff. You recognize that the source of it all is in you. What I've learned is that abundance arrives in our lives when we're ready to receive it. Okay, when you're ready, the master appears, they say. So you're not creating the overflow. A lot of us who do it the world's way, we think we've got to create the abundance. We've got to create the blessing. No, 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 no. All you've got to do is receive it. It's already flowing towards you. The blessings are already there. We're just blinded to them. And so through this process of opening up your heart, you can begin to see what has always been true. So the way that you receive what God has for you is by trusting that it's already there. You've already got it. You know, a lot of us get tripped up on the spiritual journey because we create this ideal in our minds of who we think we need to be. And so we spend all of this energy and effort trying to become something that we're not. And of course, we always fall short of that metric and standard. And when we do, we feel guilty. We feel ashamed. That throws us off the path. We never feel like we're enough. Well, the psychological flip that can change everything for you is recognizing that what you are trying to become is actually what you already are. So on the spiritual path, it's not about becoming your best self. It's about being your true self, tapping into your true nature. Your true nature is love. Your true nature is goodness. Your true nature is peace and compassion. So it's a matter of removing all of the barriers in your life that have gotten in the way of you accessing this wealth and abundance of grace that God has already deposited within you. Look at this wonderful passage of scripture from the Psalms. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delights. I love this phrase. You feed them from the abundance of your own house. In other words, it's not coming from you. These are God's riches. It's God's abundance. There's another passage in the New Testament that says, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. So you may feel like you don't, you don't got it. But it's not coming from you. It's coming from God. So in those moments, when I feel stressed, when I feel anxious, Sometimes I like to just get to a quiet place. And you can get to a quiet place when it's noisy around you. Because I'm talking about an internal state of being. You get to a quiet place. You find stillness. You open up your heart. 
And you say to God, I take your peace. I take your love. I take your grace in this moment. And I give you my worries. I give you my concerns. I give you my fears. It's there for the taking. That's the whole point of what I'm trying to communicate to you. God's house is filled with abundance. And so it's always there for our taking. But in order for you to be filled, you first have to be emptied. Once you empty yourself of all the, the, the negativity, all the stress that you're holding on to, and you genuinely hand that over to God, the scriptures speak of it as casting our cares onto God. Right? When you genuinely hand that stuff over to God and your cup is empty, all that's left for you to do is take what's yours. You just take it. You ask God for it. And you believe when you ask that you have already received what you're asking for. And the scriptures say it will be yours. And when you come before God with an empty cup asking for him to fill it, you're not coming like a beggar. You're coming like a child of royalty. And that's why I love that the scriptures use this word inheritance. It's our inheritance. Like we sang earlier today, joy is your inheritance. Peace is your birthright. There's a scripture in the Old Testament, a wonderful story about a man named Solomon who was the king of Israel. And God told Solomon, I'll give you anything that you want. Just ask me for anything that you want and I'll give it to you. And instead of asking for riches and fame and popularity and more power, Solomon asked God for wisdom. And because of that, the scriptures say that God was so pleased with him that not only did he give him wisdom, but he gave him everything else and more. So when I talk about abundance and blessing and overflow, a lot of us, we automatically think about the material stuff. No, how nice would it be for your soul to bubble up with God's love and God's goodness and God's peace to the point where you have so much that it's overflowing, you can just give it away. I got so much peace, I'll give you some. I've got so much joy, I'll let you borrow. You don't have faith? Here you go. Here's a little bit. And you just being you in that way helps people to tap into something they didn't even know was available. You understand? That's how it works. So you just open up your heart. You take what is yours. And that's really when you can begin enjoying life. Did you know that God created you to enjoy life? But a lot of us think enjoying life is just about, oh, going on a vacation. I'm going on a boat tomorrow. You know, I'm going to have a nice dinner at Komodo in Miami. You know, like, man, I'm just enjoying my life. Everything's great, you know. That is so easy to enjoy that stuff. Anybody can enjoy that. The whole point of spirituality is to teach you how to enjoy the low moments, too. So you're saying, what in the world? How can I possibly enjoy life when everything is going wrong? It's possible. When you begin to perceive with spiritual eyes, you realize it's all grace. It's all a gift in its own way. I can be grateful for all the bad stuff that happens because it's adding value to me. It's teaching me stuff. It's showing me who I am. Maybe sometimes you go through stuff and people start falling away from your life and that shows you who's not supposed to be there. And that's something to be grateful for. Because you thought they were for you, they're actually against you, and now all this stuff is just revealing what's always been true. And so 
I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you stepped into my life, and I'm grateful that you left. <laughs> that sounded mean, but I'm actually, I really mean that. <clears throat> now, yesterday, I was in this uh, beautiful, beautiful uh, park in, in Miami, hanging out uh, with Jenny and, and some of my friends at a wedding. And there was just this beautiful tree. And I was walking by it, and I'm like, oh, this is... Just, this is just so great. Like, thank, and inside of myself, I'm like, thank you for blessing me. You know, like, I, I can enjoy you. Thank you to the tree. You know, I know we're not tree huggers here, but I mean, if you want to hug a tree, hug a tree. <laughs> you know, like enjoying your life doesn't just mean the big stuff. You can enjoy the little stuff. You can enjoy the bad stuff. You can enjoy all of the ups and enjoy the roller coaster ride, people. Right? Ryan asked me the other day, how you doing, bro? I'm like, Watching the dream. He's like, are you watching it or are you living it? I'm like, both. <laughs> yeah, you live the dream too, but you're just watching it. You know, when you become the observer and the witness of life, you're no longer in the driver's seat. You're not trying to control this thing. You understand that God's just playing this wonderful movie for you. And you can enjoy it. And there's going to be plot twists. And, you know, there's going to be bad guys here and there that come along. But at the end of the movie, guess what? It's going to be a good ending. And even if it's a bad ending, it's still a good ending. Because it's the story. You know what I mean? It's the whole point is the story. So, and I talk about this often, but what's the story that you're telling yourself about the life you're living? It doesn't matter what's happening. What ultimately matters is what you're telling yourself about what's happening. You know? So you can be homeless on the side of the road and be living a good story and watching a great movie. It's all about how you perceive, right? And what I'm trying to teach you and convey to you is learn how to perceive with your spiritual eyes. Learn how to perceive with your heart. And learn how to enjoy all of the good things that God has granted to you. Look at, look at this passage of scripture from the book of Ecclesiastes. Even if someone lived a thousand years, make it 2,000, but didn't enjoy anything, what's the point? Doesn't everybody end up in the same place? All that means is doesn't everybody die? Okay, we work to feed our appetites. Meanwhile, our souls go hungry. You know, so again, we think enjoying life means feeding all of our appetites, fulfilling every desire that we have. No, no, no. God is your joy. God is the only thing that can fulfill your soul's hunger. And so when you go to the source, when you go to God as your place of joy, that's when you become immovable in life. Because everything else can be taken from you in this world. Everything else can be taken from you. Uh, you guys know sometimes I sing at weddings, right? One of the songs uh, that people like to hear, I guess, is My Girl by The Temptations. My girl, talking about... Okay, there's this one uh, line at the end. You may have to help me with it. Um, the last verse, um, I don't need no money, fortune or fame, I've got all the riches, baby, one man can claim, what else, well, I guess use it, what can make me feel this way, my girl, okay, so, you know, you guys, <laughs> my point is, you know, oh, if you've ever been in love, 
If you've ever been in love, and maybe it's not actually love, but it's just like whatever that thing is, infatuation, where you're just like obsessed with somebody, you could say, yeah, some guy in the back was like, yeah, I'm feeling that right now, bro. <laughs> I see you, bro. He did good, though. He got himself a South African gym, just moved over. Welcome, welcome. And they bring their dog every Sunday. So great. Um, I forget where I was going with this. Oh, you know. Yeah, 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 right. It, when, when you're in love, when you're fatuated, you can actually feel those words, right? Like, I don't need anything. I don't need no riches. I don't need fortune. I don't need fame. I've got all the riches a man can claim because my girl or my dude, you know? And then... Y'all get in a fight about something and it ends up sour and y'all hate each other and then you try and turn up and, you know, you try and make them feel bad by bossing up and being a super successful person and now you need all the fortune and fame you can get to make that person feel bad, you know. You know the games that we play, right? Well, that's how it goes when my girl or my dude becomes the riches that you look to, <laughs> right? But when it's God, guess what? God says he will never leave you. God will never forsake you. People will come and go. Okay, and I say this often. Even if you find the one person that you love so much and we're going to spend the rest of our lives together, somebody's going to die at some point. <laughs> Y'all think it's funny? It's not a joke. You're going to be alone at some point. I used to sit with these people in hospice care after their spouse of 35 plus years passes away and now they're by themselves. They don't know what to do with themselves. You know what I mean? So even if you're in a relationship, you got to learn how to be alone. And the better you learn how to be alone, the more you have to offer to the other person. That's it. I've actually sat with two people in the last year. One of them, I didn't know him. The other one, I built some sort of a relationship with him through, through the hospice care. Both of these gentlemen were in their mid-60s, had spent 20-plus years in their respective careers. One of them was like driving a UPS truck. The other one was a police officer. And the guy in the UPS who was dealing with cancer and all this stuff, I've talked about this story before, he, would, he was literally telling me, I'm sitting there in front of him, he's telling me, Danny, I waited so long to be able to retire and finally be able to enjoy my life with my spouse and my kids and go hunting and go on the boat and do this and do that. And now God's given me this. A couple weeks later, pass away. The other police officer uh, who recently passed, his uh, ex-wife, who still was very close with him, was there, and she was grieving with their children. And one of the things that she said was, he was just about to retire. He was just about to retire. He just did 20-something years as a police officer in Pines. He was just about to retire. And now this happens. Freak accident, he's gone. You know, so are you, what are you waiting for to enjoy your life? What exactly are you waiting for? A tomorrow that may not come? No. Don't wait until, you know, 40 years from now to say, I'm going to spend that money. <laughs> you know, so you could spend a little, give a little bit to Heartway, spend a little bit, 
Gonna spend a little bit on the vacation, splurge. You know, now it's funny because, you know, when I was married for seven years, my ex-wife used to love to go on these trips. And, I, you know, I enjoy going on trips, but it's like, you know, we, we got to ball on a budget a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, we're just doing too many trips. And it's just like, no, you, just gotta, you know, we, we just got to do it for the experiences. And I would always, like, you know, t it would be a little tug of war. And now I look back, I'm like, those are some of the best times ever. You know, I'm glad to spend the dollars. I went to Italy, I went to Thailand, did all this stuff. Like, why am I going to wait? Now's the time to enjoy your life. And again, it's not just about the material stuff. Enjoy that too. But go deeper. Enjoy the person right in front of you. Right? Enjoy this moment and season of your life that you're in right now. Enjoy today. Enjoy this second. Let it add something of value to you. If you're open in that way to receive it, the abundance will be there. It'll be more than enough, more than you can handle. And then, you know, a lot of times, especially here at church or anywhere you go, you know how when you say hi to somebody and then you're like, how are you? And you're like, oh, I'm good, good, you know. Everybody always says, oh, I'm good. You know, but when people ask me that, I actually mean it. They're like, how are you? I'm great. I'm good. Everything's good. You know, you can actually live a good life, irrespective of your circumstances, because the goodness is coming from your heart. The goodness is flowing from your soul, from your spirit. It's a wellspring. God is the source of it. You tap into that. You learn how to enjoy the presence of God. You carry that with you everywhere you go. So if, you, if the presence of God becomes your greatest enjoyment in life, then everywhere you go, there God is, there you are, it's going to be a party and it's going to be a good time. I was uh, talking with another group of chaplains for like this certification thing I'm doing for chaplaincy. And one of the priests that I'm in there with said that a mentor of his once said, when you're, when you're working with, with patients... Always remember, just because someone is in pain, that doesn't mean that they're suffering. Think about that. You know, it could look like, yeah, someone may be in pain, but that doesn't mean that they're suffering. There's a difference between pain and, and suffering, right? Because even just think on a physical level. Yeah, physically, maybe things are going wrong, but if my soul is all right, I'm not suffering through this. You know what I mean? And even emotionally, that, you, that can be true emotionally. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad. Maybe I'm a little angry. But I'm not suffering the sadness. I'm not suffering the anger. You're suffering it if you resist it. But if you welcome it and embrace it and make space for it, and that's what those quiet moments are about. When I, remember when I say if you're stressed or if you're anxious, if you just... Get to a quiet place and, and you just say, God, I'm giving you all my junk and I'm receiving all your grace. I'm taking all your goodness. That creates spaciousness in you and in your life. And then you can begin to carry that spaciousness out wherever you go. So the way Jesus said you and I can enjoy our lives is actually by letting them go. If you want to enjoy your life, you've got to let it go. Spiritual freedom is not 
freedom of the self. It's freedom from the self. It's your attachment to your persona. It's your, it's your obsession with your self-image that actually keeps you imprisoned. Because you're always going to feel like you're never enough. And you're never going to feel like you're actually being seen by people because you always have to have the mask on. Some of us never take off the mask. It's just one mask after another mask after another mask. We're at work, and we have to be one person. Sometimes, even around our friends, we have to put on a mask to play the little social games that are being played, and we can't even be ourselves around our family. We have to wear the mask. If you really want to enjoy your life somehow, I don't know how y'all got to do it. I know how I've had to do it. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you got to figure out a way to bring all of those different versions of you into harmony so that you're the same person everywhere you are. So that's what I tell people, that I'm so blessed because I, I get paid to be myself. And even when I'm, you know, Pastor Danny, especially now in the hospital, that's super religious. You know, at Heartway, I've been trying to move away from all the religiosity. In the hospital, it's super, you know, I'm, I'm doing ashes on people on Ash Wednesday. I got people making fun of me for that, you know. <laughs> I'm doing, but I'm still the same me. I'm still the same me. For so long in my life, that was not the case. You know, my parents saw one side, and then my friends saw another side. My friends saw one side, and then my work saw one side. And especially when I was younger, like in my early 20s being a pastor, and I was a pastor at a huge church with thousands of people that would come, you know, I was like, I have to be this thing for everybody else, but who I really am, I can't really show that to people. You know, and what I've realized is the more I've relaxed into my being, the more other people are able to relax around me. When my guard comes down, my mask comes off, other people feel comfortable enough to do the same thing too. And now that becomes such an enjoyable experience. And, if, and, and one of the ways that I'm learning how to do this is by just owning my feelings. When you don't own your feelings, that's when the masks come on and the assumptions start being made. I had to, with a friend of mine the other day, Saw this dude, has been a little while. I said, man, I thought you didn't love me no more, bro. You know, I was like, man, what? I thought you didn't love me no more. He said, bro, you know, it's always all love, bro. You know, even if I don't agree with certain things, you know, no matter what, it's always all love. If I wouldn't have said that, I could just keep my assumptions in my mind. Oh, this person, you know, thinks this about me or this about me. Before I got on stage today, someone else... Gave her a big hug and said, you know, I was so sad when this happened. He says, oh, I know, you know, but, you know, it's still all good. And then I said, I'm glad that we could clear that up. Just own your feelings. Otherwise, now the mask has to come on. And you start pretending. You're skirting around the issue. We're so afraid to just put our feelings out there. And, of course, if you do that in a certain way, it can create a lot of problems. But... There's a way to own how you feel without blaming other people for it, right? And the more comfortable you become with your emotions, the easier it becomes to do that. Hey, when this happened, I felt like this. And then just see, see what happens. Don't blame anybody. Just see what happens. Own your feelings. 
Take off the mask. Life becomes so much more enjoyable that way. Look at this quote from a psychologist, Michael Hall. He says, the paradox that frees you from all the prisons of self and the worries about image and approval is that the highest development of self is self-forgetfulness. When you fully integrate the awareness that it's not about you, your focus shifts. Now you realize it's about the experience, the contribution, the exploration, the discovery, the transformation. Now you're free to be fully present without double tracking in your head, worrying about whether you have others' approval. So living in the overflow means having a more than enough mindset. For starters, it's recognizing I am more than enough. I am more than enough. Some of us feel so unworthy because we haven't been able to live up to the expectations that other people have placed on us. Parents have been disappointed. Friends have been disappointed. Partners have been disappointed. And sometimes we've been guilty of making other people feel that way. Because when you feel not enough, you make people feel like they're not enough too. That's just how the cycle goes. But here's the reality. You may not be enough for that person and their unrealistic expectations. But if you're enough for you, that's all you need. If you understand the value that you bring to the table, if you understand who you are, you start to care less about the expectations that other people place on you. I am more than enough. God says that I am more than enough. As I am, if nothing changed about you and your behaviors and your bad habits, God would still love you the same. In fact, let's take a step further. Let's say all you sinners became super holy tomorrow, like extremely holy. You were the most perfect person on the planet. God would still love you the same as that person as you are now as this person. God's love does not fluctuate on the basis of your performance. So you are more than enough. That's it. End of, end of conversation. And then the second aspect of this is God is more than enough for me. Look at this quote, A.W. Tozer. God is so vastly wonderful, so utterly and completely delightful, that he can, without anything other than himself, meet and overflow the deepest demands of our total nature, mysterious and deep as that nature is. Isn't that powerful? When the presence of God becomes enough for you, when you live in God's love and in God's approval, you appreciate when other people give you love and approval, but you don't require it anymore. Big difference. I don't need you to approve of me. I don't need you to appreciate me. I don't need you to acknowledge me. I'm really grateful when you do. Touches me. But I don't need it. God is what I need. God is always with me. That's it. And you know, sometimes, this is the hard part that we don't like to hear, but sometimes God will strip everything from you that you think you need just so that you can realize that he's all you really need. So that's why we embrace those moments too. When everything's being taken from you, if that leads to the realization that God is more than enough, 
it was a blessing. It was a blessing that that happened. It was a blessing that that was taken from me. It was a blessing to experience the loss. If it's driving me closer to God, it's the whole point of this entire thing. When you begin to overflow like this, oh my gosh, you start sharing this with others, it magnifies what you already have. You start sharing your joy, it magnifies your joy. You start sharing your peace, it magnifies your peace. Just always remember, when your cup is filled, don't forget who filled it up. Don't ever forget who filled it up. So God, we thank you in this moment for moving in our lives and in our hearts. In this moment, we give to you all of our fear and our stress and our worry, and we take everything that is ours, the peace, the joy, the abundance of life, the happiness, the love, we receive it now. May it continue to overflow towards us. In Christ's name, amen. Let's all sing this together.